All right, let's turn the Word of God into 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. He said, well, I thought we finished 1 John. Well, we did, so, but we just want to use that as a, as a starting point, as a starting point. 1 John chapter 5, and we'll read a few verses there. 1 John chapter 5, and we're just going to read verses 11 through 13 of 1 John chapter 5. It says this in the Word of God. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11 says this, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Let's pray again, please. Heavenly Father, Lord, again we come before you through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace, and uh, Lord, we thank you for the songs uh, that we've sang. Lord, thank you, uh, dear God, for those of us that are saved, that we can look back on a day that you reached down in your mercy and grace, and you touched us, and you lifted us up out of the miry clay, and you set our feet on a solid rock, and you established our goings. Lord, we're still thankful for that. Whatever day it was, however long ago it was, Lord, today we're still thank you and we want to praise you and worship you and honor you for that. Lord, we pray if there's somebody here or somebody listening, uh, dear God, that's not yet saved, that even today, uh, dear God, you would work in that heart and open that heart and draw that heart, that even today, uh, dear God, they would repent of their sins and put their trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray uh, for each one. Lord, we think of uh, those not only with spiritual needs, but we think of those with physical need. Lord, right now, Lord, we pray a, a special prayer for Sister uh, Judy Johnson as uh, she's had to go home. Lord, please uh, help her uh, to be okay and strengthen her right now. Uh, Lord, we think of Sister uh, Sarah and others with uh, physical needs. We think of the Pittmans that we've been praying for and uh, others that we've been praying for with physical needs and that we've been praying for with spiritual needs. God, even today, dear God, let us know that you're there and you care for them. So help us now, we pray, Lord, as we uh, look at this thought that you'd get honor and glory and help somebody. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. 1 John 5, 11 again says this right in the middle of it, that God hath given unto us, hath given, hath given to us eternal life. Amen. Uh, just uh, as a, a thought of introduction, uh, thank God you are alive in this generation and this time. Why? Because God, this is the time that God has chosen for you, amen, uh, 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 to be alive and to be on this earth. And we need to realize, as we've talked about, that God has a heavenly assignment for each of us during this time that we're saved. And God delights to equip his children to serve him and that serving him, knowing that you're saved and serving him is the great joy of this life. And of course, we need to know that God's put us on this earth and God has given us an instruction manual, of course, the Word of God. This is the instruction manual. Now, we've all heard the statement, right? When all else fails, read the, uh, the instructions, amen? And I'm sure uh, most of us, at least uh, us men, we've been in the middle of trying to put something together and we were making a mess of it. And we said, fine, well, I guess I'll look at the instructions, amen? But you know, how many people have and how many people are wasting their life, wasting their life, trying to put a life together, trying to put something together in life, and they're making a mess of it. 
making a mess of their life. Often just because they're perhaps too prideful or whatever the case might be, to simply turn to the instruction book and give heed to God's word. Listen, God's uh, got instructions for, for you. Listen, if there's an area in your life, I guarantee you, if there's an area in your life that you feel is kind of messed up, there's a section in this book, amen? There's a section in this book that will give you the instructions and the help you need for that area in your life. We just need to read and heed the word of God. Now, uh, in life, especially after we get saved, we need a what? A strong doctrinal foundation, amen? It's important to study the Word of God and lay down a strong uh, doctrinal foundation because that'll keep us where we need to be and should be as Christians. And to realize, amen, we can't make it alone. The sooner somebody realizes that, that can't, they can't make it alone, the better off they'll be because everyone needs someone. So not only did God give us His Word, He gave us the church, and he gave us one another to help each other along the way. And so uh, 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 this verse, again, mentions eternal life. And we want to focus on that doctrine for a moment. Because, you know, most people, when they think of eternal life, they think of eternal life, they either think that that's something that doesn't exist. I mean, you talk to people like, ah, nah, I think when you die, that's, that's it. Either they think it doesn't exist, or they think maybe it's something that you, you work towards. Or uh, they think perhaps it's just something, you know, hey, that you step out into maybe after you die. But it's something that maybe eludes us in this life. And so it's important that people uh, understand uh, this truth of eternal life and what the Bible clearly teaches. And that the Bible clearly teaches, and we need to clearly understand, that eternal life is not something we're waiting on in the future. It's something that we possess now. As a believer, as a born-again child of God, that this very moment we possess eternal life. The moment we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and are born again, that very moment we receive eternal life. And so I'm glad I can say I'm saved and that I understand that when I die, I'm not going to enter into or I'm not going to at that moment step into eternal life because I already have it, that I realize this, that upon death, I'm just going to perhaps, uh, uh, maybe say it this way, enter into a more conscious state of what I already possess. <laughs> so I'm not going to step into eternal life. I'm just going to become more aware and conscious of the eternal life that I already have, because as a child of God, I already have eternal life this moment. Again, verse 13 of 1 John 5 says this, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, Look, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Not that you may know that you're going to get it one day, right? Or you're gonna, that you may know that you're going to step out into it one day, that, but that you have it, that you presently possess and can be consciously aware that at this moment you have eternal life. And what a wonderful thought that is. So the issue is not, is there an eternal life? The issue is, do you know that you have that eternal life? That's the question. And so what a wonderful thought and truth it is that the moment we are saved, no matter what happens, the moment we are saved, no matter what happens, we never, ever, 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 amen, 
have to worry about being separated from the person of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thought that is. John 10, verses 27 through 29 say this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Has anybody ever ever watched shepherds? Anybody ever been around shepherds or or watched sheep? There were a lot of uh, uh, shepherds uh, uh, in in, in Bulgaria. I I love to go out there and watch uh, the shepherds with uh, 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 the sheep. And, uh, you know, it's amazing that, you know, I know we talk about those dumb animals, but, you know, uh, they might, uh, a sheep may not know much, but they know, amen, who their owner is. They know who their owner is. I remember going in, into villages, and usually uh, in most uh, small villages, like in Bulgaria, and I'm sure in other countries, they had maybe a couple people, or one person designated that was, a, you know, they had somebody that would uh, uh, take out all the cattle, and then they had somebody that would take out all the sheep. And I noticed the difference. Uh, uh, the one that took the cattle out, at the end of the day, he'd come to the edge of the uh, village and the owners would come and have to pick up their cow or cattle, you know, they had one or two, and then bring them back to the house. But with the, the shepherd, the one that was over the sheep, right, he would just walk through the village. And as he walked through the village, he'd start off in this corner with a big herd. Then all of a sudden, you'd see two or three heads begin to mop, and they would go stand in front of this gate. Then you'd go by another house, and two or three would go, and they'd stop at this gate. And the other three, until at the end, the only two or three feet uh, sheep following him were those that were his, because they knew his voice, and they followed him. They didn't stop at another gate. They, they followed their, their owner all the way home. Amen? And I'm, you know what? Listen, uh, I'm going to pass a lot of things in this life. Amen. Uh, They're going to try to get me to stop here and try to get me to stop there. But I want you to know, hey, when this thing's wound up, amen, I'm not going to stop at that gate. I'm not going to stop at this gate. I'm not stopping until I get to the pearly gate. Amen. Because I'm (laughs) I am following my shepherd and know that I'll never be separated from him by the grace of God, because I have eternal life now. Amen. And so as believers, Not only do we get to enjoy the present possession of eternal life, but the door for us is open to other eternal things. Amen. Thank God the moment we got saved, amen, we received eternal life. And that is a present possession for the believer. That's important to understand. Amen. I'm not waiting. I have it. It's just that when I die, boom, it's going to open up to another level and I'm going to realize and enjoy what I had and received the very moment I believed on Jesus Christ. But not only do we get eternal life, but that opens the door for us to have access to other things. Of course, first off, when we get, when we get eternal life, we have access to what? The eternal God. The eternal God. We have an eternal God that we have access to now as believers. Deuteronomy 33, 27, which uh, is the verse that one of our great songs comes from. It says this, the eternal God, which is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Those are the arms that you're leaning on. Amen. Aren't you glad that, amen, you don't have to hang in there? I hate to hear a Christian say, I'm hanging in there. Listen, I'm here to tell you, I'm not hanging in there. I'm being held in there by the everlasting arms. It says, he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall destroy it. Amen. Thank God my enemies are taken care of. I don't have to worry about them. I can just focus on enjoying that my 
eternal life that I already possess and enjoying the access that I have to the eternal God and knowing, amen, that he's always going to be there, amen, 24-7. He is there for me, amen, to fellowship with, to pray to, and to help me in my time of need. And because I have access to the eternal God, you know what else I have access to? I have access to eternal power. Romans 1.20 says this, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power. Boy, listen, uh, and again, here's the great thing about things that are eternal. Amen? Not uh, not just that they last forever. Amen? Uh, I mean, that's good that they last forever, but not just that they last forever, but that they they stay in the same perfect state forever. Right? You know, I've mentioned this before. Uh, you, you know, you might, you can have a car for a long time, but it doesn't stay in the same state, right? The matter I've had this car 25 years, it's like new, right? We, I say it's like new, or we try to say we've taken care of it, but it has issues. It, it's not exactly like it was, amen, the day it rolled off, right? Things change over time, except for eternal things. Not only do they exist forever, but they stay in the same state forever. And God's power, amen, is always at the same. It's always full. Amen. It's unlimited and it's there. Amen. For you to have access to and to help you. Amen. When you need it. And not only that, do we have access to the eternal God? Not only do we have access uh, to his eternal power, but once we're saved, hey, our life goes to another level. Our life goes from just a, a, a just a just a sort of trying to get through life on a daily basis, but now our life moves to a level where now our life, Amen, is not just important in this life, but hey, we the things that we do affect the next life. We have eternal purpose. The things that you do as a believer you now matter because the things you do as a believer have eternal purpose, and we need to realize that. Ephesians 3, 10 and 11 say this, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what a wonderful thing that is to know, amen? I mean, we want to have an impact in this life, but to know that you not only have an impact in this life, but hey, it can affect what's going to go on in eternity. That's why That's why being a, a soul winner and a witness for the Lord uh, Jesus Christ is so wonderful. Because when you lead somebody to the Lord, amen, you have something that's going to follow you, amen, uh, into, the, into the next life. Hey, listen, uh, I, I always talk about every year since I got saved, Right? Every year I call uh, a preacher Iverson on May 19th. Amen. I've called him for 30 something years in a row and said, Hey, preacher, uh, thanks for being a missionary in the military so I can hear uh, the gospel. But you know what? I'm going to be able to carry that on uh, uh, through heaven, you know? So I, I'll call him up in May. And uh, uh, this May, I'll be able to say, hey, preacher, hey, man, it's been 35 years, right? Uh, 35 years since you let me, Lord. But man, one day I'll walk by him in heaven and say, preacher, it's been two million years and I'm still saved. Amen. Two million years and I'm still saved. Amen. Then a little bit later, I'll say, preacher, it's been 10 million years and I'm still saved. What a wonderful thought that is. Amen. I'll still be able to thank him 
for the eternal impact that he had on my life. And he'll still be able to uh, rejoice in that. Amen. And so listen, uh, don't take it lightly that you, that God can use somebody like you to have a, you have an eternal purpose and the things that you do as a believer not only matter in this life. Amen. They matter. Amen. Uh, when you get on the other side as well, what a wonderful thought that is. You know, uh, so many people are living their life and living a meaningless life. As Solomon said, they're just out there uh, uh, chasing things. And as Solomon said, who tried everything, and what do you say? Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. But as a believer, because your life has eternal purpose, your life is not lived in vain. Here's a great verse, and you probably know it. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, boy, this, is, this says it right here. Be steadfast. I mean, just, just purpose, amen, amen. I, I'm, I'm going to stay in there. Unmovable, unmovable. I'm not going to turn to the right hand. I'm not going to turn to the left, amen. And it says, always abounding. Boy, I look back and say, hey, I thank God I've been saved 34 and a half years, but, but, but I have I been moving forward? Am I abounding? Am, and am I continuing to gain ground for the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Am I continuing to have uh, do things that glorify him even all these years later? For as much as ye know, Listen, you can know that you have eternal life, amen. You can know the eternal God, amen. You can uh, know his eternal power. You can know you have eternal purpose. And you can know that in this life, what? Ye labor, not your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now that's the question. And then you say your labor is not in vain. It says in the Lord, right? As long as you're doing that with the right motive and the right purpose, amen, to glorify him and honor him, you can know that your labor is not in vain. What a wonderful thing that is that we get to enjoy as children of God. So as believers, right, uh, we have these eternal, we have eternal life and then we have eternal things that we can enjoy in this life. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy the eternal things, but we can enjoy eternal things even in this life. And of course, uh, uh, we have some eternal things uh, uh, to look forward to. We have an eternal glorified body to look forward to. Boy, aren't you uh, uh, glad, looking forward to that? Uh, I'm tell you, I, I, uh, uh, when you're in pain and, and sometimes you can hardly walk or whatever the case is, you think, oh man, I can't wait to get uh, that, that glorified uh, uh, body. You know, hey, you know, I, I, need, I need two new knees, but I can't afford them, amen? But I'm glad I don't have to pay for that new body. It's already been paid for, amen? And it's got new knees and uh, new, new wrists and everything else, uh, thank God. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2 say this, for we know there it is. Notice how often when you read your Bible, you see that word no. Man, see, see, God wants you to have assurance about these things and be encouraged that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God in a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan. Huh? Any of you groan getting up this morning? Any of you groan getting, getting ready this morning, right? It says we groan, right? Earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Philippians 3.21 says, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. So thank God we have eternal life. We have one day a glorified eternal body to look forward uh, uh, to. Amen. Verse 5 says, We are headed to an eternal glory. Verse uh, Peter 5.10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory, by 
Christ Jesus. What a wonderful thought that is. We can enjoy eternal things now, and we have eternal things to look forward to as believers. But here's what people need to realize. Uh, all these things, all these good things are for those that are saved. Amen. Uh, access to the eternal God, uh, access to his eternal power uh, 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 and eternal purpose and all these wonderful things. But people need to realize if you're not saved, if you're not saved, you have something that is eternal that you're going to face. And that is an eternal fire. Jude 1.7 says, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. But what a, what a sad thought that you could have, you could have eternal life. You could have access to the eternal God. You could be enjoying the eternal power of God. You could have a life with eternal uh, a purpose, amen? Uh, uh, you could have a, an eternal body to look forward to, an eternal uh, uh, blessings to look forward to. But if you never get saved, if you never trust the Lord Jesus Christ, the only thing you have to look forward to, unfortunately, you don't get to enjoy anything eternal in this life. And then when you do pass on to death, you're going to face eternal judgment, amen, uh, in the lake of fire. And uh, that's where you'll spend eternity in torment if you never get saved. But if you are saved and presently possess eternal life, you have much to be thankful for. Because not only did you receive eternal life when you got saved, amen, and not only do you have some things to look forward to, but you have even uh, other things that you can enjoy and that happened the moment you got saved. You became a new person the moment you received eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. But what a joy to know that your past life is washed away. Uh, uh, the other night after, after the Wednesday uh, service, uh, um, uh, Sister uh, uh, Judy and Sister Priscilla got talking, and I was, I was sitting over here in my car waiting for them uh, to go. I didn't want to leave uh, uh, the ladies here by themselves, so but I, I just sort of uh, went up by the car. Anyways, we got talking. I think we ended up talking to like 10 o'clock, and we got uh, uh, sharing things, and I shared, somehow they got me sharing a little bit of, uh, uh, of my testimony and things that uh, uh, happened to me before I got saved, and, and I did, and I got thinking, man, I'm so glad, amen, that all that past is gone. All that past is gone and has been washed away, and I don't have to carry the weight of all those uh, things that I did before I got saved. 22 years old, nothing but things to be ashamed of, amen? But you know what? I, I, I don't carry that burden today. I don't have that weight of all those things uh, that I've done. Jesus Christ, amen, took that away, and he made me a new creature the moment I got saved. Not only that, uh, once we get saved, there's a new driving force in our life. And in other words, you know, uh, before you get saved, maybe money motivated you, uh, maybe uh, fame motivated you, maybe prestige or a certain level in your job motivated you. But you see, as believers, the things of the world shouldn't motivate us. God gives us the thing that should motivate us once we get saved. We find that in 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. The love of Christ constrains us. Hey, listen, uh, uh, listen, if you've ever served the Lord, uh, you know, I, I, of course, I think about uh, missionaries or people in the, in, in the ministry. Boy, when people do things against you, when people break your heart, when people turn on you, listen, uh, many times, uh, the only things that are going to keep you going 
or one knowing that you're in the very will of God for your life. And boy, that thing in your heart called the love of God that he put in you the day you got saved. Amen. And because uh, you love him so and and you're so thankful to him for what he's done in your life, you say, how in the world? After all that he didn't quit. Amen. He could have quit before he went to Calvary. He didn't have to go. He could have made a decision. But amen, he didn't quit. How in the world could I quit on him? What you know, what constrained him to go to the cross? His love for us. And what, get, what uh, constrains us to keep going once we're saved? Our love for him, the love, amen, uh, for him. And then the love that he put in our heart, amen, for a lost and dying world, amen, is a driving uh, force uh, in our hearts, amen. I couldn't, I couldn't quit if I wanted to, amen. Boy, you know, uh, 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 Jeremiah tried that, didn't he? Jeremiah, but he said, what? His word, amen, was as in a fire in my bones. And that's not, hey, listen, uh, it's not that things don't happen. It's not that sometimes, amen, you don't have to get alone, amen, and uh, your head's down. But boy, when you when you get alone with God and you get in that word, and boy, that, 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 that love begins to stir, amen, and that fire begins to stir, amen. Oh, listen, uh, there's no way you could quit. Uh, the other night I got the, the, the preacher at the, 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 uh, the Bible college and I've said it off. I said, listen, the day I got saved, God put a fire in my heart. I can't say it's always been a bonfire. Amen. Sometimes it, it fluctuates. Amen. Sometimes, I wish it was always a bonfire. Sometimes in my weakness, it fluctuates. But here's the thing. It's never stopped burning. Amen. And by the grace of God, it's never going to get out. And it drives uh, me to keep on going for the Lord. And that's what we should feel as believers. The love of Christ yearning and burning in our heart to keep moving forward for him. Not only do we have that, but as believers, we have a new freedom that was given us when we got saved. Titus 2, 13 and 14 says this, for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Boy, there's that word, that zealous, that fire, amen, burning in your heart to serve God. But notice that statement. What did he redeem us from? All iniquity. That's another thing that you need to understand as a believer. Think about this. The moment I got saved, not only everything that I had done, not only was I forgiven from everything that I had done the previous 22 years, but you see, uh, I was 22 when I got saved. Now I'm 57. But you know what? Uh, 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 not only was I forgiven the things I'd previously done, for, but I'd already forgiven everything I'd, I was going to do by the time I was 57. And however long the Lord me to, I've, listen, uh, if the Lord tarries and lets me live another 20 years, I, who knows what stupid thing I might do? Who knows what stupid thing I, I might do? Amen. I might even start to think Sister Sherry's a blessing sometimes. I mean, you don't know how bad it's going to get. You don't know how bad it's going to get. Amen? But let me tell you this. Whatever lies ahead, I hope I, hope I don't do something too crazy, but I'm already forgiven. I'm already forgiven whatever lies ahead. Oh, that doesn't mean I, I want to go out and do it. The love of Christ constrains me not to do it. Amen? The Holy Spirit convicts my heart not to do it. The word of God, amen, works in my heart uh, not to do it. But if by chance, but if by chance, what an amazing thing that whatever lies ahead, 
I'm already, I mean, I look back what I did over the last 30 years sometimes as a Christian. Stupid. But you know what? It was already forgiven. It was already forgiven. Because you see, that's where we get that word justified. Now think about this. I'm saved so I can enjoy the freedom I have in Christ. So hey, listen, I'm proud to be in America, but let me say this. America is not the place with the most freedom. America is not the place with the most freedom. You say, well, then where is? In Christ. In Christ is the place with the most freedom. Hey, you might have uh, uh, some, some liberties in America, but if you're a sinner, you are still in bondage, even though you live in America. Uh, but thank God, amen, and not only am I, by God's grace, am I an, an, an American, I get to enjoy those freedoms, but amen, I am a free Free American, amen. I've taken my freedom to the next level because in Christ, amen, I have even more freedoms than this government could ever give me. And you know what? Thank God the freedoms I have in Christ, the government didn't give me, the government can't take away, amen, and Christ won't take them away because they're settled in heaven by the grace of God and through the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. I'm as free as a man can be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've been justified. Now, listen, I, I used to say this. What do we always say? Justified? Just as if I'd never sinned. But you know what? I realized that that wasn't correct. I realized, I, got, I realized that wasn't correct. Just as if I'd never sinned. You know what I realized, Brother Burgess? It's better than that. It's not just as if I'd ever sinned. Man, I've been saying that for years. Finally, finally, I think I got it right. It's not just as if I'd sinned. It's just as if I'd never been a sinner. That's even better. Now think about that. You could have still been a, a, a sinner, that's what you were, and then you did a bunch of stupid things. So it's not like, oh, it's not like I never did those things. It's, so you see, because remember, you're not getting saved from what you did you're getting saved from what you are, and you're forgiven for what you did, right? Is that right? That's why I look at it. You're saved from what you are, and you're forgiven for what you did because you are a sinner. That's why you did those things. So you see, when I got justified, it just didn't take care of what I did. It took care of what I are, amen? That's not good English, but it's good preaching, amen, right? It's what I are, right? That's what I got. So listen, it's not just as if I never sinned, did those things, but it's as if I never was what maybe do those things. So that's even better. It's just as if I never was a sinner. And then we can say the other one, and just as if I'd always been righteous, because the reason it's always just as if I'd always been righteous is because it's just as if I'd never had been a sinner. Not only not sin, but never been a sinner. So in God's, in God's mind, I always was. I'm going to give you some more bad English here. It's just as if I always was what I is. <laughs> Amen. It's just as if I always was what I is or what I am. However you say that, somebody correct my English. I, I never liked English. Amen. I'm not, I, I, don't, you know, I don't know if it was it me and he or me and I or who and I. Well, I don't know all that stuff. I'm not smart. All I know is I'm not what I was. Amen. And in God's mind, I never was what I was. And so you know what? In God's mind, you never were what you was. And you know what? You need to get that in your mind. 
You need to get that in your mind that you never were what you was or however you say it. Amen. Talk to somebody who knows English. Amen. But listen, what a wonderful thing. You never was whatever that was. Amen. But you are what you are in Christ and you always shall be. And in God's mind, you always were the moment you got saved. That is the power of the gospel. That is eternal life. And remember, eternal life has what? No beginning and no end. And so you got eternal life. And so as, as far back, when God, God, as far back, there was God. As far ahead, there is God. In the mind of God, as far back, you are his child and righteous. As far ahead, you are, amen, and you will remain righteous and enjoying the eternal life that you presently possess in Jesus Christ if you've been born again. So all that we were has already been conquered through Calvary, through Calvary, through Calvary. So friend, as we finish up, I ask you this morning, do you know that you presently this moment, possess eternal life. Do you have that knowledge? Do you have that assurance? Can you say, this moment, I possess eternal life? If not, you can get it today. And if you do, if you do know this moment, you presently possess eternal life. Well, when's the Lord, last time you told him, thankful, amen, for giving you eternal life and giving you access to the eternal God? Amen. And giving you access to his eternal power and giving your life eternal purpose. Amen. And making you a new creature and all those other good things that he's already done for you. Amen. And that you can enjoy even today. Let's pray.